Welcome to Monster Chats, presented by Monster VoIP, where we share the tools, methods, and best practices that business leaders use to build new connections, strengthen relationships, and impact sales and organizations of all shapes and sizes. If you have any questions that come up during today's episode, please text them to 424-378-6966. Please welcome the founder of Monster VoIP, your host, Colin Mitchell. Today, we're going to be talking with Josh Feedy from SalesReach about how to be compassionate and empathetic in sales during the pandemic, how sales reps can start building their personal brand, and how companies that they work for can support them in building their personal brand. I'm Colin Mitchell, the host of Monster Chats and the founder of Monster VoIP. Today, we're talking with Josh Feedy. Josh Feedy is the founder and CEO of SalesReach. After 20 years of working in both sales and marketing roles and immersing himself into the world of digital product development, he decided to create a better system to help business development representatives create personalized experiences for their prospects. With the belief that trust and velocity are closely aligned and that organizations are more successful when marketing and sales teams work together. He launched SalesReach in 2017 to build a better buying experience. In just a few short years, the company has earned the business of global brands like WeWork, Workday, and Google successfully closed a $1.5 million in funding. Josh, welcome to Monster Chats. Tell us a little bit about yourself hey, and your story. Yeah, well, I mean, I think you basically summarized it there. I, I gave you an entire chapter yeah. on my life to uh, start this podcast out with. But yeah, I mean, uh, uh, some of the things I'm really passionate about are entrepreneurship, starting businesses, um, personal branding, sales and marketing are just, they've, they're, not, they're not so much what I do for a living. They honestly are kind of just hobbies of mine. They're just things that I'm really passionate about. Um, so I've always worked in both sales and marketing roles in my career. And uh, I've saw the infighting that happened between those teams from literally both sides, because I was on both sides. And it always just kind of baffled me uh, why these two teams weren't coming together more um, and why it wasn't easier for these teams to come together more. Um, what's funny is now we're seeing, I think now we're seeing that those companies are coming together and it's really fun. And there's a lot of technologies that are being built to help support that synergy and that, and that collaborative nature that needs to exist. Um, but we wanted to be a part of that. So that's why uh, me and the team built our product sales reach to just kind of help bring those teams together um, and help enable customer facing teams uh, to create better digital experiences for their clients. Um, try to eliminate that really bulky B2B buying process that exists right now. Um, if anyone listening has ever made a purchase in their consumer life and then the next day got into the office and tried to make a purchase in their business life, um, there's a huge difference between the two. And it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be so clunky and challenging in a business space. All the same technologies that are utilized in the consumer space can be leveraged in a business space. We just have to get things there. So that's what we're here for. That's what we do. Yeah. Awesome. And I'm a sales reach customer, so I love the product. And, you know, I think something that really, um, <laughs> yeah, we'll throw uh, that out there. Yeah. I mean, something that I really found fascinating about it was like, you know, when there's multiple people involved in the decision-making process, right. And you have to send that email with the yeah. slide deck and the case studies and the proposal and hope that everybody gets to see that. And, yeah. you know, also whoever you engage with isn't going to get that 
personal aspect that you had maybe with the person you were engaging with, right? So on the sales reach, yeah. you throw up a video, you have everything that they need and it can be shared with everybody who's involved in making that process, which is amazing. Yeah. I mean, I think you're talking about the two traps that we fall into as, as sales professionals right now. Trap number one is that we assume that we've built this incredible relationship with the one point of contact that we have mm -hmm. and that that person is going to really become our advocate to the team and sing our praises and present everything the way we want it presented, right? We fall into this trap where we believe that, where we have, but you know what? The other vendors have a good relationship with that person as well. And at the end of the day, you know, they're going to do the best job that they can, but things are going to be forgotten and things aren't going to be presented exactly the way that you would have presented them uh, if you were in that room. And it's true. There's seven to nine people that review every single deal before it moves forward. And when you think about the fact that you likely have only talked to maybe one or two of those people before they make that final decision, you have to do things to make it simpler for them. Uh, to bring it to the team and have the team review what they want you to review. But the other trap that we fall into as sales professionals is the call and answer. Mm -hmm. For years, people have asked us for things, right? The way it works is they reach out to us, however they do. Uh, they call us or they fill out a form on our website or whatever it is, but they reach out to us and they ask us for things and we send them those things. And then they ask us for more things and we send them those things. And we feel like we're doing our job because they asked and we answered, but the problem with that is we're not organizing this in any way. Mm -hmm. um, we're being reactive. We're not being proactive. We're not actually helping them because all we're actually doing is giving them more clutter that they have to sift through and make sense of before they feel comfortable making, moving forward and making a deal with us. And so that's something that whether you're utilizing our software or in your other sales process using any softwares or whatever it is, always be thinking, am I making it easy for my prospect to review the information that's mission critical for them to move forward with me? Because you have to remember, they've assembled their own information off your website, they've done their own homework, and mm -hmm. then you came into the picture and you threw even more on top of that. We're building a cake, right? Now we're like four layers deep of all this information. And now it's time to sit down and eat that cake. It's time to sit down and like make a decision and they're going, what am I supposed to be paying attention to here? I grabbed this stuff on my own and this felt good until the sales rep sent me this stuff and then this kind of felt good. And now I'm looking at all the stuff and none of this really makes sense anymore. And now and, I don't have confidence. And if and the sales rep even, and even if the sales rep even remembered to send them everything that they asked for, right? Right. Many times we don't, honestly. Like there's so many balls in the air during the sales process, especially if it's six to 12 months, right? We might think we had sent something and maybe we didn't. And, you know, none of us are leveraging our CRMs the way we should, right? Across the board. That's a, a yeah. blanket statement I can make. No sales rep is embracing their CRM the way they should. Sales reps hate CRMs for whatever reason, right? And I don't know if it's because they feel like it's their boss spying on them or if it's just too cumbersome in their day. Um, I personally think it's because it's not customer facing. It doesn't really help them move the needle because their customer doesn't see all these great notes they're taking, right? So they kind of feel like this is a wasted effort when they could be doing other things. Um, yeah. But regardless, yeah, That's I mean, it other... could just be forgotten. That's a whole nother episode we could go into, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if I want to get on that bandwagon, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it, we, it absolutely could be. Yeah. So today, you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, how, how to sell during this time, during the pandemic, yeah. you know, with everything that's going on, we've now 
been extended, you know, the stay at home orders have been extended, more stay at home orders have been initiated. You know, yeah. how do we sell during a time like this? Yeah. And if you can't tell, I'm, I'm in my home office right now. That's yeah. why there's bicycles behind me and the lighting isn't as good as it usually is when I'm in my office. I miss, I miss my office like crazy. I have my office perfectly set up for my needs. And here I am in a home office where just literally yesterday, my daughter was taking a piano lesson behind me because that's where <laughs> the music room is as well as in my office. And she was taking a piano lesson over Zoom while I was trying to edit a video. Um, yeah. These are things that we haven't had to be faced with before. I saw, and never I saw some we would. Uh, pictures of that on, on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it was a real story. It really happened. But um, yeah, I mean, we're all selling from home and, and um, you know, that poses some challenges in itself. Uh, I think, number one, sales is a very collaborative game that we're in. And I think that a lot of salespeople like to take way more credit than is due for the deals that they land. And they think, oh, I'm doing this myself. Like I landed mm -hmm. that deal, I landed that deal. And I think that this is causing a lot of sales professionals to really reflect and realize that, you know, there's a lot of people responsible for those deals you're landing. There's a lot of important people in different uh, groups within your organization that are helping you land those deals. And I think we're starting to realize just how involved all those different people in our teams are to moving that needle because now that we're dispersed and distributed, it's harder to stay top of mind with them. It's harder to have the quick conversation, even though they're one phone call away, it's for some reason harder to have that conversation with people that we've never had to have conversations with in that way. Even though that's the way right. we talk with our prospects all the time, we've never not been able to just not walk down the hallway and talk to people that we have a quick question for, right? And get a quick answer. So that's been, a bit of a challenge yeah. on that side. No, some, uh, some people are saying that there's actually some, you know, I hate to use this word, but there's some benefits to the current situation. Like some people yeah. are easier to get a hold of because there's a lot of folks at home not doing as much, picking up their phone, wanting to have yeah. some sort of connection with people because yeah. they're not around others. Um, yeah. So, you know, yeah. contact rates are increasing. Um, yeah. The playing field is more level, right? Nobody has home court advantage anymore because nobody can do face-to-face -face sales. It's all phone, video, you know, using sales tech. Um, yeah. Everybody is in the same boat. Nobody has any advantage over, you know, their competitors. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would say uh, people do have an advantage over their competitors and the people that have the advantage over their competitors are the people that were innovating and learning to use digital technology in their sales process long before this ever happened. Right. Um, I can't tell you how many meetings I've had recently that start 10 minutes late because everyone's trying to figure out how to use Zoom. This is a huge problem, right? I mean, yeah. the fact that people don't already know how to select their video recorder and their audio recorder from a Zoom or a Google chat or whatever you're using, yeah. right? This is a huge problem. How have you not have learned this yet? Equipment, right? No, um, it's it, or, it's absolutely insane. But or that there's a is new thing. Where, uh, Zoom oh, bombing. Have you heard of Zoom bombing? <laughs> yeah, I've I've been Zoom bombed because I stupidly <laughs> I, I I did a a quick impromptu happy hour and I posted it on Twitter and I had three people come on that informed me how much they hate me and I don't know what country they were calling <laughs> from. Um, and then they tried to share a screen, which we quickly denied because I'm, I can only imagine what that would have been. But regardless, yeah, I mean, I think that they're, the, the playing field is not completely leveled. The people that have had a growth mindset that have embraced these tools and already learned these things, they are light years ahead 
right? And now everybody's scrambling to catch up and, and starting to realize that, you know what, this is not going to be a two-week thing. This is not going to be a four-week thing. This is going to be the new normal for quite a while now, and we need to learn how to use this stuff and double down. And I think that, you know, uh, to go back to your earlier question about leading with empathy, there, one thing I'm noticing, and I hope anyone listening to this pays attention to this and, and, and looks at their own activities to see if they're doing this. Um, there's, there's a lot of fake empathy happening out there. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is I've seen a lot of emails come through my own inbox and I've heard other people in organizations talking about these messages. Um, it's even been company, ma- uh, company uh, uh, things that they're like pushing on their sales team where they're like, hey, in the subject line, ask them how their family is doing. And I just want everyone to really think about that. Um, if you actually have a great connection with your prospects, if you really do have a great connection with them, asking them how their family is doing, that's solid. That's solid, right? Absolutely ask yeah. them that. If this is somebody that you're just reaching out to on a cold outreach or a very lukewarm outreach, you don't know anything about this person. You've never asked them about their family. You don't know if they have children or, or if their parents are even alive or any of that stuff. And you're putting in the subject line, I hope your right. family's doing all right. That's fake empathy right there. Yeah. You yeah, don't I've really seen, care. I've seen exactly what you're talking about, right? So the the, yeah. the messaging is the same, but the subject is different or the first line is different, right? Not, not a lot yeah. has changed, right? I mean, no. people need to be selective of what, what I hear you're saying is people need to be selective of who they're reaching out to and what they're saying yeah. to who. Yeah, but you do, it's, it's, it's a good idea to to acknowledge the situation we're in. I don't think that uh, spamming your message with COVID-19, COVID-19, COVID-19 is a great idea, but acknowledging that, you know what, businesses are making uh, changes. They're, they're, uh, they're maybe not moving forward with all the things they were saying they were going to move forward with four weeks ago. Um, it's okay to check in with your prospects and see, you know, have any, have, has anything changed on your end? Are you still planning to move forward with the initiatives that we had deemed, uh, um, you know, important to you one or even two months ago, or are things getting tabled? It's good to be there for them. But what right. I think is the best thing right now, and I saw this recently on LinkedIn, Daniel Disney, Um, he put up a post about the difference between um, uh, social selling and social marketing. And I thought Mm -hmm. this was absolutely brilliant. Um, Right now, I'm doubling down on social marketing. I'm doubling down on social marketing and building my personal brand because I want people, I want to bring as much value as I possibly can to people through the content that I produce on LinkedIn. My audience for my product is on LinkedIn exclusively. Like sales professionals are my audience. They are all over LinkedIn. So it is in my benefit to just bring value on those channels, build my personal brand while also marketing my business in a value-driven sense so that they understand what I'm bringing to the table. And when they need it, they will proactively engage with me. I don't need to proactively be engaging with them so much right now. In my mind, now is the time to be doing more of the social marketing and a little less of the social selling. The pieces of the social selling that I do think people should be doing, definitely don't be sending out the contacts with the immediate sell. Like everyone's talked about that. We don't need to do that anymore. But the part of the social selling that we should be doing is look for other people Uh, on the social space channels that are an ideal customer fit for you and start interacting with them 
in the chat, right? Start interacting with them in comments, liking, commenting, because again, this is your way to be top of mind when they do have a need for whatever product or service you have. But right now, um, sales professionals, at least in my opinion, we just need to be available, but we can't be pushy because everybody's got so much stuff going on in their life right now. The last thing they want is somebody really hard selling them. Right now. So let's, let's go back for a second because this is, um, you talked about building your social brand, right? Which is something, um, your, your personal brand on social, right? Yep. Um, and I know that this is something just from conversations we've had that you're super passionate about, right? Um, so tell me like your sales rep who's now at home, you know, doesn't have a lot of experience with video, doesn't have a lot of experience with LinkedIn. How do they get started? How do they know yeah. what they can or can't do, what their company will even allow them to do? And, and, yeah. and tell me about that. Yeah. Um, so my advice in this space, um, you know, don't, don't believe this 100%, right? You're going to have to like vet out what kind of company do I actually work for. But my advice is to just get started. If you think that you have something of value based on your role in your organization or what you do in your personal life, and you think that your clients or prospects or customers at your organization would like knowing this about you, start telling those stories. Be a storyteller. Bring value to people. It doesn't necessarily have to be specifically about the company that you're working for. That's not what personal branding is. And a lot of people get this mixed up where they think, well, anything I put on LinkedIn has to be about my business. Anything I put on Instagram has to be about my personal. Anything that goes on Twitter can be a funny thing to my business or a personal, whatever. No, it doesn't have to be any of that stuff. But um, what you should be doing is letting people know who you are as a person, what you believe in, what you're passionate about, what you will stand for, what you will not stand for, those sorts of things. Those are important because people work with people they like And people work uh, with people that they trust and they're not going to like or trust you if they don't know who the heck you are as a person. That's pretty simple, right? So just get started. Now, what I would say is for organizations, um, they should want their employees to do that because the the stats are out there. Um, I, if I were working for a company right now, uh, I would have 10 times the following on my social channels that that company's Uh, company page has on any social channel. And that would be the same for you, Colin. It's the same for anyone. That is a global stat that people are engaging with people on social channels. They don't engage with brands on social channels. So the best way for a brand to engage with their potential customers or customers on social channels is to engage with them via their employees by enabling their employees to be better about being proactive and, and creating that narrative and that personal brand and telling their stories and companies really need to take a back seat. They need to take a step back. Marketing can't get in the way of this. Marketing cannot say, you can't say that, or those pixel dimensions were incorrect around that logo, or that color was slightly off. It should be hex this. And you can't, don't get in the way of people. Let them do those things. It's only going to benefit your business in the long run. Um, but this all starts at leadership. It all starts at leadership. If your organization wants people to do a better job, uh, to feel like they are allowed to go onto social channels and build their personal brand and that this is something that the organization supports, it has to start at the top. The people at the top need to start doing these things themselves. That's what gives everyone else in the company permission to do it themselves as well. Yeah. Now, we're going to take a quick second to tell you about what we do here at Monster VoIP. So, what we do is we save companies anywhere from 30 to 50% off their current business phone bill while providing them 
more value, and more features. If you want to learn more about Monster VoIP, you could text us at 424-378-6966. So getting back to what you were saying, Josh, um, you know, you said that it starts at the top, right? So if leaders are, you know, being an example that it's okay to build a personal brand via social media, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of leaders that are not doing that, right? So your average sales rep at your small to medium-sized company that doesn't have a leader that's doing that, how do they get started? What, what would you suggest? Yeah. Yeah. So, and it doesn't have to be the CEO, right? But I think that every company needs to appoint somebody at a high level in the organization that is comfortable with these sorts of things. This is why uh, companies have uh, brand evangelists, right? Uh, Guy Kawasaki was one of the first brand evangelists, right? Uh, For Macintosh computers. And um, those kind of roles are really important. I was recently um, on the customer experience podcast with Ethan Butte. He's the brand evangelist for BombBomb Video, right? Mm-hmm. Having those brand evangelists, those are the people at the top that are kind of creating that content. Right. That's in their wheelhouse. That's in their human nature to do it. Um, you just need to have somebody that is high profile that's doing it. That's it. And then that person needs to be encouraging of the other people that are doing it. That person needs to act as a coach. So I do this a lot with my team as well, where recently... Uh, my marketing manager said, hey, I want, to start a, I want to start a podcast. And I said, cool, what do you want to start a podcast about? And he said, well, I want to do a podcast. I'm a marketing guy, so I want to do a podcast about marketing. And I said, okay, so at the end of the day, it, in a way, it's going to help our business because, yeah, we talk to marketing teams as well, but this is more of a passion project for you. And I fully yeah. embrace that and understand that. And I want to encourage that because you building your personal brand in any way is only going to help my business. So here's what I'm going to do for you. Um, I want you to record your first episode all by yourself. I want you to explain the topic of what this podcast is going to be. I want you to talk for 10 minutes straight and I want you to send that to me when you're done. And if you send it to me and I listen to it and I am entertained and I think that this is something that has some wings. And if you can tell me your first 10 guests, I'm going to buy you all the equipment you need to do this yourself from your home or from your office while you're here without having to like leverage any of my production studio and having to borrow time out of my office to do it. Right. I want to give you everything you need to do this and run with it. But my expectation before I'm going to invest in that is that you need to show me that you're actually going to make this because as you know, when you're getting into podcasting, the hardest thing is to just a figure out what the heck you're going to talk about. B is to try to figure out, Now, how do I grow this, right? So what is the topic of this, number one? And um, how many different directions can I go with this? Because a lot of people have these really narrow ideas and they get to their third episode and like 90% of podcasts end after their third episode because of this. (laughs) Because it's like, I already said everything I knew about this. I have nowhere to go, right? So try to figure out like how many different episodes could you do? Create a content calendar. This is the same thing marketing Uh, agencies do for their customers all the time. Let's create a content calendar so that we know what we're going to talk about, when we're going to talk about, when it's going to be released. And if if it's really hard to do this, if we can't get past four or five ideas, then we probably shouldn't do a podcast about this because if it's hard now, wait till we're trying to talk about it, right? Right, So. Yeah. Well, hopefully there's some leaders listening that can, uh, you know, take some notes uh, of your example there. Um, You know, I think that's a perfect example of of leading by example and encouraging people to build their personal brand, right? Which ultimately is going to benefit the company that they represent. Um, Absolutely. 
Yeah. And, and unfortunately there is, you know, some companies that are blocking some of this stuff. So, you know, yeah. if, if, if you're a sales rep and that doesn't fit with what you want to do, you know, then maybe it's not the right environment for you. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Do you agree with that or? Absolutely. And I'm, I'm a big fan of, uh, of quitting the second that I realize that it's not a good fit. Right. So, I mean, if you look at my track record on LinkedIn, you'll see that there's jobs, there's some jobs that I haven't had for very long. Um, I'll try to keep every job for at least a year, but honestly, the second I realize that something's not a fit, I get out of there because especially in sales, you have to have passion mm -hmm. for what you're selling. If you don't believe in the team, the mission, the dream, the, the final product that is being created, whatever it is, whether it's a hard product or, you know, a, a software agency or, you know, whatever it is, if you don't believe in it, selling it is going to be hell every single day. Because every single day, somebody is going to be reaching out to you and saying, I need you to be the person that validates that I'm making the right decision moving forward. And you're going to have to lie and say, yes, you're making the right decision. I have every right. confidence in my team. We're going to do everything that's right for you. And you are going to, every day, it's going to tear you up. And so the second that you know it's not a fit for what your mission, vision, values are as a person, then you have to move on. Absolutely. Yeah. And I just want to go back to one thing you mentioned as well. Um, for, you know, the sales professionals out there looking to get started with building their personal brand. Um, you know, you mentioned that it's okay to share, you know, personal things on LinkedIn. Sure. And I know that sure. you and I both believe in that. And, you know, I saw somebody post something one time that um, they said, you know, stop complaining that LinkedIn's not Facebook, you know, business yeah. is personal. <laughs> You know, business yeah. is now personal. The business landscape has changed. It's personal. I think it's totally okay yeah. to share, you know, personal on LinkedIn, as long as that's not all you're sharing, right? Mix it up, yeah. give us a variety of yeah. stuff. Um, and, and I think that's the best strategy and just be yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that what you should be striving towards is creating a full picture of who you are. So I am of the belief that there is a channel for different types of posts, right? So I don't put a ton of, uh, of like family stuff on LinkedIn. I do sprinkle it in every once in a while because I, know, I, want I, people... I think the uh, picture of your, your daughter with the piano is the first personal yeah. post I've seen from you. <laughs> I sprinkle it in every once in a while and I do it kind of subliminally, right? But I do think it's important that if someone only follows me, or if I'm only connected to them on LinkedIn, I want them to have a full picture of who I am as a person because I'm nothing right. without my family. That's a huge part of my life. Um, however, I do encourage people to follow me on Instagram, um, Twitter. Uh, those are the only other social channels that I use um, or my podcast, right? Because if you follow me in those spaces, I'm pretty intentional about the kinds of things I put on them. I think that Twitter is a great place <clears> for humor. I think that Instagram is a great place for family, everyday life, the kind of mm -hmm. foods I'm eating, the kind of cars I like to uh, see. I'm, I'm big on cars. Me and my son go to car shows all the time. So if you go to my Instagram, it's nothing but cars and food and kids. That's it, right? But <laughs> it helps kind of like build out the full picture of who I am. Now, right. if you're only interested in me from a business perspective, I want to honor that. And that's why I try to keep LinkedIn more business professional. But the people that follow me on LinkedIn that want to know who I am more than just a business professional, what I do outside of business, they're the ones that will proactively follow me on other channels. And I want to keep the message completely different on them so that right. they're not getting the same message everywhere and they have a full picture of who I am. Okay. Awesome. Well, we are out of time today. Uh, yeah, Josh, thanks again for the investment today and welcome to the yeah. Monster Chats community. Uh, I'm before, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, <laughs> before I let you go, tell us something personal about yourself. I know you already told us a lot, but tell us something that we don't know. What's your favorite app? What's, what's on your playlist? What are you reading? You know, what are you oh, going to oh, do man. after the stay-at-home oh. order is lifted? Anything. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. I, uh, so I've been building this business for the last three years. And uh, one thing that I've stopped doing is riding these beautiful bikes that I have behind me. And working from home here has been a constant reminder that I need to get back on the bike. And so I'm going to start doing that real soon here because I don't even have to wait for the stay-at-home order to be lifted. Right. You can get out and get some exercise today. Um, these are three of the most beautiful bikes you'll ever see in your life behind me right here. I, I don't know awesome. if you can see these things, but I, I mean, can, look at those yeah. come into focus. Look there at that. Go. I really, want to really see nice. a video of Josh on yeah. the bike on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the, the problem is these are road bikes which require full spandex and ain't nobody want to see see that. So we're, we're, we're we probably won't do that one, but yeah, yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. But thanks for having yeah. me on Colin. This has been great. Yeah. Awesome. So Josh, uh, tell us what's the best way for people to reach you. Anything else you oh, want to sure. tell us about sales reach? Yeah, no. I mean, uh, if anybody wants to get in contact with me, um, if you send me a connection request on LinkedIn, please just put in a note. I'd love to know kind of what prompted it. If maybe you heard it here on monster chat or wherever it might've came from. I love to have like a quick little note so we can start building a relationship that way. Um, you can always just reach out to me at josh at salesreach.io or if you just go to salesreach.io, there's a chat bot on there. You can just say, I want to talk to Josh on the chat bot and they'll connect, they'll connect the Josh to me bot. as well there. The Josh we bot. call it the Josh bot. Yeah, we, we <laughs> gave the bots uh, some glasses and a, and a scruffy beard. And, and then we thought, you know, it looks too much like you. Uh, and, and I think it was intentional, honestly. Uh, so they yeah. just decided to call it Josh, but yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review and share. We're listening. Welcome your feedback. The show is for you. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, thanks again, Josh. Appreciate it. Take care. Yeah. You too. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Monster Chats presented by Monster Voip where we share the tools, methods, and best practices that business leaders use to build new connections, strengthen relationships, and impact sales in organizations of all shapes and sizes. If you have any questions from today's show and want to reach us directly, please text your question to 424-378-6966.